Hi, it's Sally here with Christina again, and we are here today to talk about what's happening in the month ahead, and this is Scorpio season. Yay! Um, Yay! Sally's birthday's coming up soon. (laughs) Scorpio's rule. Am I allowed to say that? We're sitting here, it's a very kind of rainy outside, so there's a slightly dark, dismal feel to the day. We're also sitting in a basement. Which is pretty Scorpio. <laughs> yes, there is light. There is light <laughs> leading out, leading us away from the dark. Because Scorpio is, of course, a sign associated with the dark. Yes, Sally. Mm, it's that spooky time of year. But what should we do first? Should we talk a little bit about retrodiction? Shall we? Yeah, tell us your retrodiction, oh. baby. Okay. Well,. I mean, the really big thing I think that happened in this past month was that full moon on October the 13th, Mm. which was also square to Pluto. And I know it was actually quite a tricky full moon for a lot of people. Um, And for me, it was such a final full moon. There was an air of finality about it. It was a very difficult time for a relationship it was a very difficult time because there was a significant loss, which actually triggered for me quite a lot of sort of past grieving and grieving for the loss. Um, so incredibly emotional, really kind of getting pulled down to the depths. Um, in a way, I suppose, um, introducing Scorpio season, Pluto being Scorpio's co-ruler. I mean, that's how that full moon felt to me. It was uh, I noticed just quite in, in World Affairs that, uh, you know, some very major things happened mm-hmm. around that full moon, and in the last month, I mean, the what's happening in to the Kurds, yeah, is uh, started happening around that full moon. I've just read President Trump's letter to President Erdogan of Turkey, which is interesting reading. Um, but you know, it's it was there the what happened is a war broke out again mm. around that full moon. Mm. Um, and it was a full moon in Aries, mm. the sign of war. Mm. Uh, it was being squared by Pluto. So very, very dangerous times, yep. I think. It was a very dangerous war. The situation has suddenly become really quite scary there. And um, uh, there's also this mass movements of people again that we're seeing, you know, refugees, streams of refugees again. And I do associate that with this Neptune and Pisces that we've had all decade. Um, which, with Jupiter as well. Being triggered the by Jupiter. the Jupiter this year, wasn't it? it was exactly. this Jupiter square foreign connections. Yeah, exactly. So that I think that that whole, I think it's still dangerous as we're speaking. It's a tinderbox um, um, out in the Middle East. Yeah, and I think that was definitely. There were other things in mundane affairs of what's happening in Hong Kong, etc. Wildfires in Lebanon, I noticed. Uh, So that there's been quite a bit of danger, is the word that I would associate Mm. with that Mm. um, particular full moon. Yeah, I mean, we kind of picked up on that last month, didn't we, when we were talking about it? Yeah, I know it was a worrying full moon. Yeah, Um, but let's move on to more. Well, I wouldn't say sunnier things because we're in Scorpio season, but let's dig a little deeper, Sally. Let's dig a little deeper. Talk about Scorpio Scorpio. in general. Yeah, the sun moves into Scorpio on the 23rd of October, where it remains until November the 22nd. So it's this uh, 
time frame that we're talking about. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I love Scorpios. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scorpios too. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, with Scorpio, you get passion, yeah. you get intensity. It is one of the water signs. It's the emotional realm. So Scorpios feel deeply, um, you know, and that, I, I like that you get you get some kind of truth from that when you dig deep. There's truth in it. There's there's vulnerability. There's realness when it kind of comes to the fore. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's two there, there's two sides to all signs on there, but Scorpio is about authenticity, mm. but it's also about concealment, isn't it? Yes, it's secrets as well, isn't it? Um, it Scorpios can be incredibly secretive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very, you know, if you don't want anybody to find out your secrets, tell a Scorpio, you know, but then they might blackmail you as well. So that's always the danger. No, it? they won't. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> I tell you, I have one of, one of the things I'm often proudest about is my ability to keep a secret. Exactly. And no, I won't blackmail, but then possibly some Scorpios <laughs> might. And this is, you know, one of the key things I always think about with Scorpio. It's how you use yeah. that Scorpio power. Do you use it to good effect, for transformation, for regeneration, mm. for good reasons? Or do you get lured down into the underworld, Pluto's realm, and end up in corruption and dodgy crime. goings on, crime, bad money? I mean, you know, there is that. It's it's how you use it, isn't it? It's how you use Scorpio power. Yeah, and it can be on a quite a sort of, not trivial level, mundane level. We had an accountant who had all his planets in Scorpio, as far as I could tell. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Um, because he was dealing with other people's money in a kind of in an honest way, mm. you know, mm. he was fantastic. Mm. But um, yeah, Scorpio is also to do with money, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's to do. It's to do with power. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's to do with power, mundane power. It can be his hidden power, power behind the thrones. Mm. So isn't Hillary Clinton a Scorpio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and, is. And she, I think, was better off when she was behind the throne rather than trying to take the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, we were talking about famous Scorpios, and mm-hmm. Margaret Atwood is in the news a lot. The Canadian writer Margaret Atwood, author of The Handmaid's Tale, which is a tale about power. And this is the other thing that Scorpio is about. It's tr- it does actually rule the genitals. Yes. And it is a sign that is associated with sex, quite rightly, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And this is the Taurus Scorpio axis of the Zodiac as well. It's the sex axis, isn't it? It's It's the sex axis. Yeah, it's sex and slavery and power and who wields power. It's that balance of power. Yeah. Um, Ownership. It's a a sign that's about ownership. Who Mm -hmm. owns what? So you see it when, you know, I I was just saying that... um, well, we'll get on to that in a minute, actually. Let's talk about Margaret Atwood, because I think her chart is fascinating. Mm. Um, we actually have it up. So she's got Gemini rising, which is fantastic for a writer, mm. and um, Neptune and Virgo, which is also fantastic for a creative writer. Uh, but uh, she's just got quite a lonely sun in Scorpio, isn't she? It's just sitting there, floating around. Mm. Maybe it needs channeling into these incredible imaginative works. Mm. Handmaid's Tale. Have we said The Handmaid's Tale yet in this podcast? We have. Okay. We've said it once. We can say it again. I've the Handmaid's again. Tale. Um, <laughs> did you watch it? I have read it. 
You've read it. I have. I read it because it came out in 1985. So I read it years kind of ago when it came out. Yeah, it... I read it back then as well. And I did watch. I mean, I watched the first series. It was a very difficult watch. Hmm. I mean, very difficult watch. I thought, and actually, I couldn't watch any more series. I, I stopped at one. I couldn't watch it with my teenage girls. It mm. would be too weird. Mm. Um, yes, but, you know, I read that book a long time ago, and I have to tell you, it's completely stayed with me. I can remember the entire story. Mm. Um, and that's quite an interesting thing when a book really sticks with you mm. in that, like that. Mm. And uh, it's she's she wrote it in 1985, didn't she? Mm -hmm. was, you know... And it's interesting that it came back into public consciousness, you know, however many years later is that? Is that 30 years later? It was having a Saturn return, possibly. Is that possible? No. No, it's a bit more. It's a bit more. 30, well, actually, yeah, probably when, a couple of years ago, was it? Or yeah. last year, really? Yeah. Maybe a Saturn return. Yeah, no, maybe a bit longer than that. Um, but right now she's, you know, at a sort of peak of fame, isn't she? Again, mm, she's just won the Booker Prize. Yeah, shared the prize. Yeah, um, and it's interesting that that peak of fame. One thing that's happened during this rediscovery is that Chiron was going over her Jupiter, mm -hmm. which is kind of an unexpected transit. Mm to have you know what's Karen doing in her natal chart oh I haven't got her Karen up um but I think that you know you were saying that her husband died didn't he had dementia I would think that would be the Karen on the Jupiter very so she's having a had a very difficult time as well as having huge success mm. and it's such a, I mean the book is such an important oh the series whatever it's an important message isn't it I mean it's a real yeah. kind of warning it's a real warning about how far society could degenerate if we're not blooming careful. It's also quite believable. I mean, yeah. that's the thing that's memorable mm. about the book. Mm. Um, but many of her books are also about this uh, struggle, power, you know, power yeah. struggles. Yeah. Like Cat's Eyes is about bullying, mm. about girls bullying each other. Um, and Alias Grace is also about, you know, who, who has power. Yeah. Um, so it's a theme that she comes back to over and over again. Yeah. So really key feature of Scorpio, isn't it? This um, power. Dealing with taboos as well. I think, you know, yes. Scorpio, there's this breaking taboos wide open. Mm. You know, not being afraid to dig into the dark places and, and, and bring things out, expose things. Um, I think that's another really key feature of Scorpio as well. I think if you want to understand Scorpio, the Handmaid's Tale is a way in. The other thing that the Handmaid's Tale does scorpionically is it's about sex as yeah. well. Yeah, it is. It's about how sex is, you know, is a way of wielding power. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Which is that's a Taurus Scorpio thing as well. You know, when sensuality turns into abuse. Mm. Hmm. Okay. So, oh, that's that's cheered us up then, hasn't well, it? <laughs> and can I just throw in that I also discovered that RuPaul is a Scorpio. Yay! RuPaul's Drag Race, which made me very happy, actually. I thought there, you know, the transformation. I mean, that's yeah. kind of another side of transformation, isn't it? Like that, Jenner. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it, uh, That's the other thing. Actually, we haven't really mentioned that, is that Scorpio is about transformation, mm. So you go into the dark place and you come out differently. It's the story of Inanna 
you know, it's the story of going into the underworld and coming out transformed. Or Yeah, and the phoenix rising from the ashes. That's the other really typical Scorpio theme. Mm. Um, and most Scorpios I know have had to start over at least once in their lives. Mm. It just kind of happens to you. But as a true Scorpio, you have that survival instinct. You can, you know, things can unravel and you can rebuild and you come out reborn. It mm. is, again, Scorpio very much connected with the cycle of, um, life, death, and rebirth. Mm. It's well, you find a Scorpio lot of um, doctors who are Scorpios, surgeons and yes. stuff. Yes, yes, you do. Uh, because of that. And you were mentioning Joaquin Phoenix as well, who's just been in The Clown, isn't he? That's a transformation. The Joker. The Joker. In the Joker. Sorry, yeah. not The Clown. He was a clown. He was a killer clown <laughs> in The Joker. <laughs> what is it with killer clowns at the moment? We've got It and The Joker. I don't know. Ew. Maybe it's Scorpio season. Is that kind of I don't, I don't know, know motif of it? I don't know. It was earlier on. Mm. Um, yes. Okay. So let's move on though, because we're kind of drifting. Um, edgy our... and cool. That's the last thing I'd like to say about Scorpios. But very often edgy and cool. So we better look at some astrology of the month coming up, because that's what you're here to listen into. I'm sure. Should we start with the new moon? Yeah. Okay, let me just get rid of Margaret Atwood, though. Ping, there Ping. she goes. Goodbye, Margaret. We have a new moon in Scorpio on the 28th of October. It's the kind of first big thing happening in this month ahead. Um, four degrees Scorpio. So, and also, I mean, the key feature of this new moon is that it's opposing Uranus. Very closely opposing Uranus, which is the planet of the unexpected change. So it's likely that you know, some, it kind of, it may link into the full moon on the 13th, I think, in that um, there could be some kind of almost an ending with this new moon. And that creates the fresh start. There needs to be some kind of split or something unexpected happens, which triggers the new beginning. I mean, for Scorpio, the obvious one is relationships, mm. because Scorpio, um, the new moon's in your sign. Uranus is in Taurus, the relationship sector for Scorpio. So it could be some something around relationships where, you know, an, a fresh page needs to be turned. Mm, same ditto for Taurus, actually, except for Taurus may be the person who's actually turning the fresh page. Yeah. This is, you know, for Taurians, this is all about the the, the relationship, mm. um, and which, the central relationship. Mm. Um, and actually... I think that for Torians this month is looking quite good for relationships. So you you know you may be bringing rather a pleasant surprise into that arena. You've got Venus in in your relationship sector for the end of October. And when does Venus move on? But on November sure. the first, it moves on Sagittarius on November the first. So that week that you you know those ten days at the end of October are really very nice and very pleasant for you. Mm. Um, with your Venus, you know, Venus, your ruling planet on the other the other side of the chart. Mm. I also think this new moon could be quite exciting for Aquarius as well, mm -hmm. with Uranus being Aquarius's co-ruler. I mean, it looks like there's a lot going on at work, in the career sector, with regard to your vocation. Um, you know, the best way this could play out is kind of meeting um, someone connections. And I'm thinking of that Venus and Scorpio. Mm. Also the Mercury in Scorpio, meeting someone with the right connections that triggers a sudden move. Um, yeah. And something and, starts really quickly on this new moon. 
Yeah, the thing is, though, that then we crash into the Mercury retrograde, right? And I'm thinking about this from the point of view of Aquarians. Mm -hmm. The Mercury retrograde begins on the 31st of October uh, and carries on in, you know, for a few weeks into November. And we're already in that slow, it's a slow moving Mercury already now. And um, I think I think for Aquarians, my advice would be if you're job hunting, get in touch with people that you used to work for or colleagues. Yeah. Um, go or go back. Think about going back to a job that you had before. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. And have, you know, be open to discussions. And even if something is triggered by this new moon, and this is generally true for everybody, really. Be prepared for it not to be settled until after the Mercury turns direct. Yes. Because it's connected in with that Mercury um, retrograde, that upcoming Mercury retrograde. Yeah, I agree. I think things that have started around the new moon, you may have to then play a waiting game or renegotiate or rethink in some way, review in some way, Mm. um, until Mercury turns direct on the 20th. So, like for a Virgo, it would be some might be some kind of communications project or a book or something, and actually you could start it, you know, around the new moon or even before the new moon, and then you could use that Mercury retrograde to edit it, you know, to fix it. Mm-hmm. So it's quite. I mean, the this Mercury retrograde looks like a very good opportunity, depending on where it falls in your chart, for a snagging, for finding problems, you know. Because it's in Scorpio, which is a sign that likes to find problems and solve them. Yeah. Um, so particularly for Virgos, I think that's to do with communications. And for Libras, I would suggest you take a very good look at your finances. Yes, that's where change is likely, isn't it? And mm-hmm. you need to stay on top of finances, being a Libra. Mm-hmm. You need to dig a little deeper and see what's going on beneath the surface. Um, also, yeah, particularly during this new moon period, mm-hmm. um, something could come in that's a bit of a shock, and therefore you need to explore further with mm-hmm. regard to that. For Pisces, I think it's, I mean, I think, you know, it's in your travel sector. Mm-hmm. So, and often with the Mercury retrograde phase, once that kicks in, it's a really good time then for taking taking some time out. Taking some time off. Yeah. Changing your perspective on things, getting out of the normal environment. I mean, that also, I really like Mercury retrograde for that ability to kind of step out mm. of normal life, to look at things laterally, to think outside of the box. And I would suggest for Pisces, it's also revisiting some ideas that you had or a system of knowledge yeah. and revising it, reviving your interest in it. Mm. Could um, also be going back to somewhere you've been before that yeah. was important you know, important in your life, revisiting a place as well. It's very, this Mercury retrograde from Pisces, from Pisces' point of view is fantastic for studying as well, for or revising or getting deeper into a subject or teaching yourself something that you didn't think, you know, you didn't think you could learn. Actually, also same with Virgo. For Virgos, it's very good for teaching yourself some hand skill, mm-hmm. yeah, teaching yourself how to crochet or weave or pot or whatever. Um, or reviving something that you used to be able to do. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say also actually, you know, if the Mercury retrograde is quite an interesting one for, um, well, it's a very nice one, I think, for can- cancer. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sense of, you know, it's triggered again by that new moon. But there's this very nice feeling of like nostalgia, which of course Cancerians always love, don't mm-hmm. they? 
of of going back to your childhood, of digging into the past, and it can be very creative for Cancerians. Um, again, this Mercury retrograde, if you're a creative person, a creative Cancer, then use the Mercury retrograde to, you know, get your old manuscripts out or get your old canvases down and rework some stuff. Yeah, the only, my question, Mark, kind of, you know, with this month's astrology, um, for cancer in particular, actually, mm. is the fact that Mars is in Libra oh, and the yeah. home and family sector. And I think it's it's there until uh, the 19th. Um, so it may be a tricky time with certain family members. And therefore, I wonder, particularly with cancer's relationship to children, mm. whether there's something that you need to dig a little deeper there with the Mercury retrograde, have really kind of um, heartfelt conversations find out what's really going on. Yeah, well, I think you could, you know, it gives you the chance to rework some of your relationships with your kids. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to actually have the proper conversation and listen, you know. You need to be in listening mode. Yeah, that. and that's, I, you know, this is really interesting, I think, because the water signs are said to be mute, aren't mm. they? Um, so Mercury in Scorpio isn't necessarily about chatty-chatty. It no. is about sitting back. It's about reading between the lines it's about really listening um you know maybe letting other people talk as well um i like you know i always like mercury retrograde which is a key feature of this month for all the rewords yeah. i mean think about the rewords revising reviewing um, reconsidering reflecting um use the rewords i mean and this this is key for everybody um, when Mercury's retrograde from Halloween, October the 31st to November the 20th, it's an excellent time to be reviewing things. It's not the time to be making major decisions, um, signing and sealing deals, if you can help it. Um, so what else is going on, do we think? Cause... I just want to mention something, go back slightly, and okay. just mention Jupiter, the Jupiter series conjunction. Mm -hmm. On the 25th of October, which I think is quite an important one. Uh, these two have been both in series for a lot of the time this year because of retrograde motion. Sagittarius. Sorry. Yeah. What did I say? In series. Oh, oh yeah. In Sagittarius. in Sagittarius. Yeah, they've both been in Sagittarius this year because of retrograde motion. So, uh, But they're finally coming together kind of towards the end of both of their tours. Um, in fact, series is going to go into Capricorn next month. And these are both... Uh, planets, well, series is an asteroid that are associated with abundance and, you know, fulsomeness and generosity and hospitality. And I feel that there's a there's a sense almost of overabundance or of being too hospitable um, on the one hand. But on the other hand, it's actually a very nice conjunction for having a really massive party mm -hmm. or a massive fiesta around and that's 25th of october that they're both that they're exact so that i like that in particular for sagittarius and leo yeah definitely for mm -hmm. leos it's time to have a party or at least celebrate yourself my dear leo mm. um i celebrate myself who's that was walt whitman isn't it a uh, song of myself and leos should be singing a song of themselves in that mm. uh you know right from so although the conjunction is actually the 25th of october that feeling of those two being together goes right through until Ceres goes into Capricorn on the 16th of November. Um, and it's it's got a warm, fuzzy feeling to me. 
Um, there uh, also there's a thing about justice there as well. I, you know, I'm just thinking about the being able to mete out some justice or mm-hmm. be not fair exactly, but ju- you know, justice in a generous way. Well, also, I mean, I think it's interesting you pointing this out in Sagittarius because. Um, You know, this is one of the really nicer bits of astrology that's coming up in this month, that Venus also moves into Sagittarius Mm -hmm. on the 1st of November, Mm -hmm. um, where it remains for the whole of this month now, and will be moving towards a conjunction with with Jupiter, which is um, at the end of November. Um, But also, you know, Jupiter in Sagittarius, this is, is, it won't be in Sagittarius for much longer. It's only going to be here till December the 2nd. So with Venus and Jupiter in the same star sign, I think this is really popping, really lovely, um, particularly for the fire signs. I think it's lucky. It I feels do. very it lucky. It feels very, very lucky. And it feels like you should, you know, say yes to everything. That's Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Yeah. Just say yes to everything. You have to view when you have a big Jupiter transit, which is, you know, it's been going on since last December and it's coming to its end. You sometimes get a kind of gift at the end of that or opportunity. And the opportunity is going to come when Venus goes into um, Sagittarius. But I also think that it's there with that series. And the more generous you are, the more you're going to get back. You know, Mm. this is about paying it forward or whatever. Mm. But being generous. Mm. um, And what, you know, some people may get sort of accolades with this, I think. Uh, There's it's very good for Pisces as well. Um, yeah, for your yeah. career career sector isn't it it's, Pisces yeah, it's fantastic so you know Pisces put yourself in for the prizes um, and go up and collect your prize yes if you uh, and hand out the prizes as well so it's not just about taking this is about mm. giving mm. yeah um, and that when I, you know, we're talking about the 25th of October but then also um, you know as when Venus comes in from the first sorry yeah, from the uh, 1st of November. November, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that the, the fire sign energy is, is kind of strong during Scorpio season as well, which I think mm. is a nice balance. It's a nice um, shift between the two. Should we take a look at the full moon? Yeah, I swear, as well, we which, get up the full moon. Um, because it's quite an important full moon. It happens on the 12th of November. Um it's it's pretty much just the day after the sun makes a conjunction to Mercury retrograde, isn't it? Yes. Which is good because that that conjunction when the sun can, makes the conjunction to the Mercury retrograde is the moment you've had the unraveling before that during the Mercury retrograde, and in general you can at least start to sort of stitch things back together a bit after that after the twelfth. Well, and also I I like you know for me. That moment when Mercury is actually Kazemi to the sun, I think it can bring really important insights mm. that can be like illumination. Mercury's in the heart of the sun. It's like having an audience with someone important in your life and you hear something that's really um, insightful. Um, and also that theme of illumination around that period is quite strong because of the full moon as well. So it could be a really sort of interesting peak moment in the Mercury retrograde phase. I would say particularly true of um, for Aquarians. You know, it's about meeting the man, isn't it? Getting the audience. Mm. Yeah, and I like it as well for Gemini because uh, Mercury being Gemini's ruling planet. This is about work and health. So it could be finding the right expert 
someone you've been looking for to um, to help you with, uh, you know, either a health issue or getting the, the right health advice. The same with regard to work or a job. If you were looking for work, it be could be the time when you meet that right person as well. Or when you're hired as the expert. Or when you're hired as the expert, absolutely. Yeah, I could go. It's, a, it's an either way thing. It's quite a weird Mercury retrograde for um, Gemini. Actually, not, maybe not weird, very straightforward. Because this whole Mercury retrograde is all about your job and how you how you use your time, you know. And uh, living with a Gemini, I know that Gemini's have got you know <laughs> interesting. Time, man- I, time uh, management is not the <laughs> no, it's not always their thing. Not the forte very often. Uh, you know that. So how you deal with time yeah. is, is an opportunity for you to parse your time in a different way or rethink your timings on it. That how mm. you do stuff on a daily basis. Mm. And you know it's important for uh, Gemini's and Virgos to get into that rhythm of the of the Mercury retrogrades yeah. and understand that you're not supposed to be pushing ahead and doing stuff during the Mercury retrograde. You're you're supposed to be revising that section of your life where the Mercury is retrograde. And for Gemini's, it's to do with your day-to-day time management and your health, probably. But also, I like the fact that it's in Scorpio, because, you know, one of the good things about Scorpio is it does give you an ability to, for laser focus, concentration. So it might be a good time for Gemini and Virgo in that, um, you know, particularly for Gemini's, you let go of the multitasking and you find something you can hone in on as well. Yeah. I think it, well, I think they're always good for Gemini's and Virgos. Mm. You know, you you need to just uh, go with it. Mm. Um, but give yourself extra time too. I mean, that's a key feature of Mercury retrograde for me. Be flexible with time, and that applies to everybody. If you're travelling, give yourself longer than usual to get from A to B because it is often a time too when diversions come in. Yeah. And then it could be actually even more enjoyable because mm-hmm. you more you can be more in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good for meditation. Mercury retrograde. Oh. So um, yeah, quite an exciting full moon on on that mid mid month period. I mean, what else do we want to talk about? Well, I want to just say that it's a quite an interesting. Um, it's an interesting full moon for Capricorn. Yes. Yeah, because where is it going to be? It's going to be down in the fifth, isn't it? Which is nice. It's the eleventh. Yeah, Scorpio is the eleventh. Yeah, but the but the moon itself is down in the fifth. Yes. Yeah. So that that's the full moon that's making a very beautiful aspect straight to those slightly weird planets in not weird, like unpleasant, difficult planets that are in Capricorn at the moment. You get some. Uh, I think it lifts them up. Saturn and Pluto. We're talking about. Yeah, Saturn Capricorn. and Pluto, because you know they're they can be quite heavy. You know, and they've been quite heavy for Capricorns, carrying this weight. Um, Greta Thunberg, she's a Capricorn, isn't she? She's mm. carrying a lot of mm. weight. Carrying a weight of responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, and a weight of expectations. Mm. Um, and the, the, I think this full moon it can help you to see a more creative way of approaching them. Yeah. Yeah, I and I love the moon in Taurus as well. I mean, the moon is in Taurus during this full moon, which for me is almost like, it's like this safe harbour. Where do you find security in your life? It's what, what holds you, what holds you firm, what holds you safe as well. So I think also, you know, for some of the signs, Capricorn, Taurus as well, there's, there's who or what is in your life that kind of grounds you, that holds you? Where's the comfort? Where's the nurture? 
Mm. I mean, I like that theme of this full moon as well. And this is also, yeah, especially this also applies to Aquarians, I think, this idea of, of home. Home. Mm. Yeah. Especially since this full moon is making an exact conjunction to Vesta or the goddess of the hearth. Mm. Yeah. So that's about, you know, what, like, what, it's about home fires. It's about keeping the home fires burning. Mm. And isn't it interesting that for Aquarius, their co-ruler is also in Taurus, but mm. not connected to this full moon. Yeah. So it may be a time when things are quite restless or um, disruptive in general. You may not have strong roots, but there's something that comes in at this full moon mm. that does create that sense of home. Yeah. You might well have moved house recently, or you may be about to move house, and your questions it may be questions about what's home, yeah, um, but you'll have a much firmer sense you may get a very firm sense of it with this mm. full moon, and like I said, it's a good full moon for meditating, mm. I think mm. um and if you need wanted to meditate on that, where do I want to be who you know where where do I want to have my feet on the ground mm. um which is uh, often an issue for Aquarians anyway, isn't it, yeah. I think also we should talk about um, the 19th and 20th, which okay. is the end of this month. But, I mean, really important astrology going on then, because Mercury turns direct in Scorpio on the 20th. But the day before, on the 19th, Mars moves into Scorpio. So Mars, in its sign of rulership, it's come out of Libra into Scorpio, extending the Scorpio season actually until the end of the year. And this feels to me like a real chance to launch into action, to get things moving, to find the information you're looking for, and to shoot forwards. Mm. I mean, for Scorpio, it's got to be good news that in you know the sector that's about personal goals and aims. Um, I really like. It feels like a whoosh of energy coming in after this um, holding period, almost. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing to mention just before that um i wanted to get that yeah, before mars goes into scorpio mars is in libra for most of the month actually yeah and that's really important for librans because it's about you know energy physical energy mm. it's really important for capricorns because it's about stuff happening at work mm. you may have a difficult boss to deal with you may have sort of uh, rouse at work or it just may very maybe very exciting and super busy in mm. terms of pushing your career upwards, you know, getting noticed. Um, so then, when it moves into Scorpio, that switches and the the the, it, the shift goes. You know, they for Aquarians it becomes important for work. Um, but Mars and Scorpio is powerful and focused and unstoppable and. The fact that it happens just after Mercury turns direct, interesting just before, to me, um, just before Mercury turns direct, okay. is interesting to me because it means those two are going to be, um, it means that Mars is coming up behind Mercury, all the stuff that Mercury unraveled during its met- retrograde. Mars is coming up behind and stitching that back up mm. and actually taking action on all the retrograde stuff that has been unearthed mm. by Mercury. Mm-hmm. So they're working together, and these are also, although um, Scorpio is a really, really emotional sign, it's a water sign, there is a feeling in here about mental energy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a kind of, uh, um, what's the word? It's not just focus, but there's a kind of, with um, 
Scorpio, there's an, an ability to problem solve, I suppose, which is a mental ability. And once you get Mars in there, that becomes very sharp. And Mars in, in Scorpio is like Mars working at its best because it's not just going off on one, which it kind of does when it's in its other sign, Aries. It's actually calculated. So this is about taking calculated action on the stuff that was revealed under the Mercury retrograde. It's making some decisive moves, isn't it? I think it's a really, I think it's a really powerful turning point in the month. And any of those kind of petty squabbles that have gone on while Mars has been in Libra, which can also, I think, affect Aries and Libra, it's a chance to kind of gain strength. It's like taking back power. Um, I think it's really, it's really important. Mm. Mars and Libra is also, you know, a warrior for peace. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this last yeah, month, yeah. didn't we? Mm. And, um, you know, Mars is in Libra right up until... Ooh, oh, God, we've been talking for ages. Oh, uh, go on, what were you going to say? Uh, Mar- Mars is in Libra for a long time, for, mm. most, of this, for most of this period. Mm. So there is also this idea of having discussions, having active discussions, having some debates, that the debates make it very fiery in November. And then once Mars gets into Scorpio, then the action starts to be taken. There's no more time for talking. Mm. Yeah, then it's time for actually doing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great way to end the month, actually with the, the Mars and Mercury. I mean, it, it feels like it's going to resolve quite a lot. Um, any tricky issues earlier in the month? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else to say? I don't think so. I hope you have a great month. I hope it goes well. And uh, we'll be back yeah. next time. Enjoy the Mercury retrograde. Take advantage of it. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be frightened of it. Have fun instead. Yeah. yeah. Take a step back. Okay. Bye. Ta-da.